This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Dan, and today's game will be bidding two Benchwarmers teams. Yay, all Benchwarmers! Um, the first Benchwarmer team will be Eric the Elder and Matt. And the other Benchwarmer team will be David and Marcus. So we're going to start with the order that I did it. So uh, Matt, Eric, how you doing? What's going on? Give me your team name. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, Eric came up with a team name, but uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm fighting the head cold here. So I got a sore throat, so congestion. Anyway, Eric, you got the team name. Go for it, bud. Yeah, things are good here. We're wrapping up Christmas shopping, and but we decided uh, we we were back and forth between a couple of team names. We decided in honor of the late great Mr. Mike Leach, who we lost this morning, that we shared a similar opinion with his take, his hot take on seasonal candy. And so today we are going to be candy corn is awful. Well, I'll I'll go with that for tonight. Actually, if you if if I take a bowl of candy corn and like pour peanuts in there, I love that. We could yeah. always like salted we, nut roll. We could have also been uh, Mike's pirate school. That was the other one. Yeah, he wanted <laughs> he wanted to set up Mike's pirate school because Texas A and M got to play soldier. So. I didn't uh, I didn't realize until today just how what a weird, cool eccentric influential just i mean the guy was just i mean went to school to become a lawyer and decided to start coaching he never, coached in, never yeah, played, college, never played football. college football and i think he actually has a law had a law degree yeah he does yeah he yeah. already did but yeah he coached uh, football in finland for a year hey look yeah. if you could if you could teach the Finns to play football well i'm gonna throw it over to the other team here of marcus and david because i i think actually marcus probably has something to say too about uh about the mike leach well i guess maybe i should go first since wait for it marcus has the team name i'm proud of the team name and i didn't even come up with it uh i had nothing to do with it marcus just hit me with it and it was love at first sight so there it is so marcus i am doing fantastic uh yeah it's just devastating news about mike leach i mean Nowadays in coaching, it's all about your tree. And I don't know if any of you saw that tweet today about oh, his yeah. tree. And it yeah. is Remarkable. extensive. And honestly, you could say that he maybe influenced offensive football in the last 30 years in college football more than anyone. Uh, because, you know, not everybody does wholesale air raid like he did, but everybody took pieces of it. And it's pretty, pretty amazing. And uh, one of our one of the guys I coached got to play for him and he spoke so highly of him and I got to meet him once at a coaching clinic super weird but man was he the nicest guy and uh yeah so that's a that's a bummer but um what's not a bummer is that TCU is going to be in the college football playoff go frogs and um David and I obviously both um enjoy the wrestling and I had the pleasure of telling him that in this household we don't we don't refer to Max Duggan as as Max Duggan we call him Hacksaw around here. So our team name tonight is Hacksaw Max Duggan. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Well, 
right, so it looks like I've got uh, Candy Corn is Awful and Hacksaw Max Duggan. Um, I can get on board with one of those names, but that's uh, that's all right. All right, so uh, since we've got those teams ready to go, let's just kick it on over to me for the rules. The game will consist of four quarters of play, each with different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Today's first quarter will be pre- and post-game. Pre- and post-game. For this quarter, there will be four before- and after-style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. And our pre and post game today is going to be just a little bit different, not much, but a little bit different. You're not going to have the big and in the middle of it in this one. Um, you're going to hear more of the um, former and latter. So just get, have that be um, in your minds. Um, and they're all going to be somewhat related to one another. You'll, you'll see how it goes. So let's, uh, let's just go ahead and start with question number one in pre and post game. Teammates on the 1999 Pro Bowl, the first on defense, the second on offense, both linemen, both actual teammates playing for the NFC after a deep run in the playoffs. We're going to check in. All right. Hexaw, Max Duggan, you've checked in. So uh, Candy Corn is awful. Go ahead and talk it out. Yeah, we came to it here just as I said, Vikings and whoever lost to the Broncos. Eric said John Randall, and I said John Randall McDaniel. All right. And uh, Hacksaw Max Duggan? Yeah, we had the same thing. We were just trying to remember that who was in a deep playoff run. John Randall McDaniel. I didn't even mean for it to be Minnesota. I was looking for names that worked all-star games and such, and, and, it, and that one did. So, But that is correct. John um, Randall McDaniel is our answer there. And he meant Seahawks legend, John Randall. Yes, he did. <laughs> Question number two in pre and post game. Teammates on the 1984 NBA All-Star game, both reserves for the Western Conference. The first, a center from the Pacific Division. The second, a forward from the Midwest Division. The latter knocked the former out of the playoffs in the first round. All right, we'll check that in. All right, candy corn is awful. You can talk it out. All right, so we're not probably going to come up. We have a couple. We have an idea for the center, but we don't know if it's any good. Let's focus on the forward, Midwest. Yeah, which is so that would have been central. Dallas, Denver, uh, San Antonio, Houston. So around then, Dallas had Mark. Dallas had Aguirre, Mark Aguirre. San Antonio would have had Gervin. 
but he's a center. He wasn't a forward. And maybe he was playing forward. Denver had probably Vandaway at that time, right? Okay, so centers, the center name we came up with was... But Kiki Vanda Wayman Tisdale, if for no other reason than I like how that flows together. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better than what we're going to come up with. I know. <laughs> we uh, were trying to think of centers in the Pacific, and you know, we came up with Walton, but I'm still, I think he might have been with the Celtics by this point. Cream, I think Cream probably retired started. around this time, right? Yeah. Because he, he would have been a starter, he wouldn't have been a reserve. Go with that because yeah. we're not going to come up with this in, in 15 seconds. Kiki Vanda Wayman Tisdale in what might be a preview of a question for a later game. Writing that one down <laughs> right now. <laughs> and we'll go to, uh, um, oh, what do you got? So the best center I could come up with from a Pacific team, I mean, Kareem certainly would have been starting and Walton, if he was playing, then would have been with the Celtics. Um, Matt was right. But the closest I could come up with with a reserve center from the Pacific would be Jack Sigma, Supersonics legend. And then I just tried to play with different what sounded like ma something. So we guessed Jack Sigma Maguire. One team's getting their points. Correct answer is Jack Sigma Maguire. Not Maguire. Maguire. (laughs) (laughs) He he moonlighted for one season. (laughs) For the the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. um, So when David brought up Sigma, I just, I always mess up his timeline. I can't remember if he was, I always forget if he was in Milwaukee first or Seattle first. And I know he was on the 79 championship team. So I didn't know if 84 was too late, but uh, yeah, David was pretty sure it was. And then once he said Mark Aguirre, I said, oh yeah, he would have been with Dallas at that point. So. Sigma Sigma started his career pretty close to when the Sonics won that championship, but he played for 10 years, I think, for the Sonics first, if I remember right. So something like 77 to 85 or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Question number three. Teammates on the 1986 Major League Baseball All-Star Game, both starters for the American League, the former an infielder from the American League East, and the latter an outfielder from the American League West. They would face each other in the LCS the next year. We can check in. All right, Candy Corn is awful, has checked in. So Hacksaw, Max Duggan, you can talk it out. We're right behind them. So 87, working backwards. 87 was the year the Twins went all the way. I'm pretty sure they beat the Tigers in the playoffs. The Twins were in the West then, the Tigers were in the East then. And assuming whoever these people are didn't switch teams between 86 and 87, the infielder would be somebody from the Tigers, the outfielder, somebody from the Twins. So we came up with Lou Whittick, Kirby, Puckett. David did. <laughs> All right. And um, Candy Corn is awful. What'd you say? Yeah, we came up with the same answer. Well, it's a good thing because it's the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Again, not looking for Minnesota stuff in here. It just, I was looking for w- names that worked and that one happened to work. So I contributed that it wasn't a Mariner. <laughs> I put I put Lou Whitaker in the chat and then just kept going and Matt goes, no, stop, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I know I heard him when he was like, no, stop, shut up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was we were sitting there talking about outfielders and he said Gladden Puckett and I said Bernanski. And then I'm like, well, Gladden and Bernanski wouldn't have been all stars in eighty six. And then as soon as he put Whitaker, I'm like, Oh, of course, Kirby Puckett. Duh. <laughs> 
Anyway, let's move on to question number four. Opponents in the 1993 NHL All-Star Game. Oof. The former, a defenseman who spent all but the last two years of his career in the Eastern Conference and was known for his 105-mile-per-hour slap shot. The latter, a Finn who spent his entire career in the Campbell-slash-Western Conference winning the Calder Trophy that year for the Jets. All right, we're going to check in. Hacksaw Jim. Jim. Hacksaw Max Duggan has checked in. <laughs> so, um, candy corn people, you can talk it out. <laughs> Children of the candy corn, maybe? Yeah! Oh, <laughs> that's the one. Remind me what the Calder is again. I always forget. What position is that? Is that is Goldie? Is that Goldie? Okay, so it's either... So I'm pretty sure the first half is Al. I can't remember if it's now I'm second guessing myself because it's either Iafrady or McInnes. Iafrady, I know McInnes is one I was. I well, don't remember it, that one. He, I, I definitely remember it. Uh, like the the 105 mile hour slap shot. So and Iafrady Musolani. I like it about the right time that you're with the jets i don't remember team was not with the jets but maybe he was wait is goalie goalie is Bezina, right yeah you're right yeah. but calder's not calder scoring? is the calder is the um is, i think it's scoring yeah scoring so that would match up and he's a fan thin yeah um i like it if you like it we may have stumbled backwards into it but i think we yeah have. So Al Ifrati Team Musolani. Yeah. Let's go for it. All right. And um Max Duggan, what'd you say? Ooh, man. This was a this was a true team effort. Um I've I've learned some things on this podcast, and one of them is that there is a Finnish player who now, whenever I hear of Finnish, he's the first name that comes to my mind. So while I'm sitting over here going, Oh, that that guy that's that's Finnish, I went, uh oh, uh. Uh, Solani, Solani, and then David at the same time typed Ally Afraidy, and we were both trying to rack our brains. And then I went, Oh my God, his first name's Timu. <laughs> so that's when I went, Oh, wait. So uh, we also checked in with Ally Afraid, Timu, Solani. Both teams are getting their points on this one. Um, the Calder is actually basically the rookie of the year. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. By the way, he, was... he did come up with the Jets for the first two years, and then he was gone after that. We wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmer swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmerstp. Thanks. And that will bring us to today's second quarter, which will be Sporting Haikus. Sporting Haikus. For this quarter, there will be four questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 25 points. Question number one in Sporting Haikus. Solheim Cup captain, LPGA POY, five times in a row. You want to check in with that? Yep. 
Andy Corn is awful is checked in. Um, Hacksaw, Max, Duggan, you can talk it out. Yeah, David, I think <laughs> I think we're both thinking of the same thing. I mean, who else could be that dominant in the LPGA? That's that I I agree. I mean, five years in a row, the only person I could possibly think of is Annika Sorenstrom, right? Yeah, I, mean, the only, I yeah. The only other person I could think of that was that dominant for a while was um why am I blanking on her first name? Ochoa, but I don't think that she I I don't even know. I Annika Sorenstrom makes more sense. Yeah, I would I would it, yeah, that's 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 gotta be it. Okay. All right, we'll check that in. All right. All right. And candy corn is awful, what'd you say? Annika Sorenstrom, but we checked it in with also. All right. Both teams get in their points. Correct answer is Annika Sorenstam. And yeah, she's the GOAT, right? We don't even need to... Not even a discussion. The only hesitation I had when you first brought it up was I said I wrote to Eric five times. I feel like she was player of the year more than five times, but then five times in a row, did she win it more than five total? I'm sure she did. I I don't have it in front of me right now, but... Five times in a row. Someone probably snuck in there once or something yeah but man, five times five times five times five times five times time, 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 lpga champion <laughs> <laughs> now the gra- wait wait now the graph now the graphic's got to be anka sorenstam doing a spin a <laughs> <laughs> uh, sucker uh, yeah <laughs> that's what she did when she whenever she got a birdie she went can you dig it sucker <laughs> Question number two in Sporting Haikus. One school, five decades, played at Tennessee Martin, eight championships. We can check in. All right. Candy Corn is awful, has checked in. So Hacksaw, Max Duggan, you can talk it out. So who coached at a school for five decades? Is Pat Summit there that long? Easily could have been. Oh, eight championships. Makes and sense. eight championships. But she, I, I have no memory that she played at Tennessee Martin. Do you know that to be? A thing? I have. N- I I honestly don't know that. Uh, okay. But I'm just um, thinking. I'm I'm just trying to think of who's coached at one spot for that long. Yeah, it's like Gino Ariema and Pat Summit, and I, I and I don't think anyone would care if he played at Tennessee Martin. It's got to be. I mean, I can't think of who else it would be. I mean, especially eight championships. That seems. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. What what is what is REM at? Is he at what is it? How many does he have? Does he have six? Again, who cares? Who yeah, cares? It's, it's got it. It's got that. That guy seems like a real. Back. I don't like him. The fact that the fact that it's Tennessee Martin, even though it's obviously not the same school, but geographically, it just seems logical right. that. And so it's she got had it. the she had the draw like it. it yes, it yes, matches yes. up for me. Yes, yes, yes. All, All right. right. Well, let's check in with Pat Summit. The late, the late great Pat Summit. All right. And candy corn. What'd you say? I guess I'm oh, doing it. Sorry, right. my bad. Yeah, we, we he typed <laughs> he typed Pat Summit and I said, uh yeah, that's uh the only one that makes sense. So sure, let's go with that. So we also checked in with Pat Summit. Both teams getting their points. That is correct. Character was uh, Pat Summit. Um I fell in love with Pat Summit when Bruce Pearl got the job um on the on the men's side and she showed up to uh to cheer for him and sang Rocky top led the whole student section in, in Rocky top. I was like, yeah, she gets it. All right. Question number three, heavily favored a DNF in LA wrongly blamed Zola. We'll check in. Max Duggan has checked in before I even got the question pasted. So uh, candy corn people, you can talk it out. Did not finish in LA. So maybe the 84 Olympics. Right. Wrongly blamed Zola. 
Isn't that the character from Ghostbusters? <laughs> is that That's the Zool. gatekeeper or the key master? <laughs> yeah. There is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> is Zola some sort of medicine or something? Uh, it's so loft. Uh, oh, that too. Oh, that's Boris Zukov. <laughs> Did not finish. We're gonna I get mean... all the '80s references in here. <laughs> all the '80s yeah. um, WWE references in here. I don't. I can't think of anybody. I mean, Carl Lewis finished. That, that was his breakout year, right? '84 is when Carl Lewis won four gold medals, right? In the one under two hundred, four by, and then the long jump. I don't know, man. Did like, did one of the female sprinters not finish because they came up with a injury or something, or because like it did not finish? It seems pretty specific to like a race of some type. Until you've got narrowed down to track and field events, right, or swimming events, but Run, you blame, don't usually blame. have a DNF in the finish in the swimming event. Somebody drowns. That Pull up lame a, in the middle of the pool. Definitely a do not finish. Yeah. Or they, they find a baby Ruth in the middle of the pool. Or it's did out. not float. Let's just say that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. They found it's a only, floater. We got a floater. I got no idea on this one, man. This one is out of the, uh, it's not in the machine. Given the, the flow of the first two questions, I thought this was going to be, you know, a fairly gettable one, but I'm, and these guys seem to have got it pretty quick, so. Unless there's some Even. big thing from '84, the '84 Olympics that I'm, forget, I, there's just nothing that sticks out to me. I think unless there's right, something else in Olympics. LA that there would that there happened in it wasn't the '84. You want to punt, Lucky Jones or Johnson? Jones Kersey. I think you got to hyphenate it if it's a female. Check in with that famous track athlete, uh, Jones Kersey. Lucky Jones Kersey. Lucky right. Jones Kersey. Yeah. Everyone knows um, that person. Max Duggan. What'd you say? So the answer to this, actually, at the time of the 1984 84 Olympics lived around the corner from my house. I was in high school. This is, uh, sorry, but it's true. This was- um, Did she go to Brown with you too? No, she definitely did not. She, she was actually the most dominant track athlete for a decade. She was, at the time, I think she was just Mary Decker, but she was at some point Mary Decker Tab, then she was Mary Decker Slaney, then she was just Mary Decker. I think she's Mary Slaney now. Anyway, it's Mary Decker. And she, it was this whole big thing because Ola Bud ran barefoot and she was South African. So she was originally disqualified, but then it turned out her, one of her grandparents was, was British. So she got to run for England, yada, yada, yada. They tripped. It's not really clear whose fault it was. She blames Ola Bud. That's who that, that's who, that's what it was. Yeah. Everything you just said, David, including, (laughs) (laughs) including that she lived in Eugene. I had all of that. The Literally thing, around the corner. Literally around the corner. The, the the thing was with her is that, yeah, she blamed Zolabud. Um, and then later on, like much later on, she said it wasn't Zola's fault. Um, she just wasn't used to running in that tight of a pack. And she tripped. So None it was of a big deal. It was a very big deal. Yeah, because no, no, other no. than Carl Lewis, she was probably the biggest athlete going in to those Olympics. So. All right, we're going on to question number four. South American, U.S. Open in 90, Martina's last loss. We're going to check in. Duggan has checked in, so um, the awful candy corn people, you can uh, talk it out. I I was corrected that um, Aracho Sanchez Vicario is Spanish and not from South America. 
but then Spain I, is not in South America. I can, I can. Shocker! I just found that out today. That. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I, um, I, uh, I uh, redeemed myself by saying Gabrielle Sabatini, which uh, Eric confirmed is she's from Argentina. So that might be the answer. I like go that with that. Answer. Let's do it. All right, we're checking in with Gabriella Sabatini. All right, and uh, Duggan, what'd you got? I don't exactly know what the Martinez last loss references. I don't really remember that, but we also checked in with Gabriella Sabatini. Well, first of all, yes, both teams are getting their points. Um, Martinez's last loss was to Gabriella Sabatini. Last loss, <laughs> last, last loss ever, and and Hingis, or you mean never Chulova? Never, never Chulova. Okay, okay. Hingis so would have been sh- like twelve at that time, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But I didn't know how long Sabatini lasted. So, yeah, okay. Okay. All good. So what you're saying is that her last loss. <laughs> it was a trick question. No, it's exactly like it said. So what do you mean, Dan? What do you mean by last? <laughs> Are we talking second to last, third to last? I just didn't remember that at all. I, <laughs> I thought I was being, you know, straightforward with that one. But, well, no, uh, you were. I mean, South America, the U.S. Open in '90 was was enough. I just didn't. I, it's all good. It was. I I couldn't I couldn't parse the last one, and I couldn't, couldn't figure out what it was going to be. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, after the second quarter. We have a score of Hacksaw Max Duggan is at 200 and Candy Corn is Awful is at 150. And that will bring us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports with each question worth 25 points. All right, halftime is going to be fun. Halftime is going to have something very brand new, something we've never done before, and I haven't run this past the uh, competition committee, but uh, hey. Dan is winning the Scott Grimes Award tonight. No, 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 because it's, it's, it's nothing. First of all, I got all of my pre- and post-games as it's pre- and post-games. So another podcast that I love to listen to, and we've had a couple of the guys from on there before, is the Brain Little Trivia podcast. Um, shout out to uh, Dave Owen Kells on there. They do, every once in a while, they'll have an easy mode on their questions, but then every really once in a while, They'll add a hard mode. And in this category for halftime, I'm going to add a hard mode on all three of these. So the way it's going to work is I'm going to read the actual question. If you think that you just know the answer to the actual question, feel free to just check that in. And that's what you'll, you'll do. If you think, okay, I know a lot about what's going on with that question. And I think I might be able to go a little deeper with it. Then you can say you want to go for the hard mode instead of the regular mode. If you go for the hard mode, you cannot answer the regular mode. So it's it's David and Goliath, but you don't get the Goliath ahead of time. Is that what you're saying? You correct. Okay. Okay. But but the, the, the Goliath part or the, the hard mode part is always going to be related directly related to what the, question or answer of the um regular question one okay last question what are the points so so we can know what we're so they're going to be 25 for regular and 50 for each of the hard modes and marcus i'm i'm sorry 
and actually maybe a little bit of Eric, but definitely Marcus, I'm sorry. All three of the halftime questions are going to be about 1980s commercials. Okay. All right, David, have fun. (laughs) Marcus, halftime is my time of need. Question number one. In the 1982 commercial for Bubblegum, when are you in the big leagues? And I'm actually looking for a actual line of the of the commercial. I'm not just looking for what it's called. It's the answer to when are you in the big leagues? I guess. I, I can picture it, but I'm going to take the harder one. Okay, so... Max Duggan is going to take the hard mode, which means that the candy corn is awful can actually talk it out right now. I think I know, or I have an idea of what the follow-up questions might be. And I don't know that I know the answer to them. I mean, I remember these commercials, but. I just, it's like one word and I can't remember if it's chewing or if it's not chewing. Cause it's not chewing. It's into. So the line is either when you're chewing Big League Chew or when you're into Big League Chew, and I don't remember which one of the two it is. But it's definitely Big League Chew. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a preference? I'm trying to think of what uh, When you're chewing Big League Chew. Sure. Okay, sure. We'll do that. Check in with when you're, you're in the big leagues when you're chewing Big League Chew. Okay. Correct answer to that question is you're in the big leagues when you're into big league chew. I didn't have a strong feeling one way or the other. So, but now there are three things that the commercial mentions as something you accomplish when you are in the big leagues. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You need to name two of them. I'm going to have to, just in the interest of time, I'm going to tap. I'm not going to come up with this. Okay. That was a bad strategy, I think. Not I that I would love. Hey, David, for the record, I love Big League Chew. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, Dan, I'm going to tap. It's a good right. question. Okay. So the three things were you're in the big leagues when you make a perfect slide. Oh, the... when you keep the team alive or when you block a shot or two. Because you're in the big leagues when you're into big league chew. Damn it. God, watermelon big league chew. Oh, man. Is, this is so good. Is some of the, it's like the best six to 10 seconds of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that flavor, that flavor you just pack, yeah, you just like take yeah. half the pack. Freaking. Shove how it in cool like are a- you when you pull out a, you know, pull out the pouch and just shove it all in your gum? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all shredded it's fallen everywhere yep. you've got the powder on your head it looks like you just did a line with with freaking scarface that was the worst the worst was the very last one that you'd have to like dig into like the very corner of it <laughs> yes. pull all the little pieces out yeah it's all little chunks yeah you look like a little crackhead <laughs> you know- you're like, Out of that whole bag, the only one, and not only that, but then the bag was like a little bit of foil, right? So you could roll it up to kind of keep it a little bit fresh. But the only one of that that actually tasted any good was the very first one when you mm-hmm. open it up. Otherwise, the rest of it, it's like it died a little bit. Uh, and you're right, Marcus. Watermelon. Oh, uh, my gosh. That was number great. one. Oh, yeah. man. So good. Yep. Anyways. All right. Question number two. In a 1985 commercial. What color M&M does the kid in the baseball game say will make him take the ball downtown? All right. I think, 
I think I'm going to roll the dice again. Oh. Like an, and I'm going to go for the David, hard David, are you saying you want the hard one? Yeah, I, I yes, yes. <laughs> Clip it. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. Clip it. All right. Um, David, you want to take the harder question. So Why again, you- candy corn is awful. You can talk it out. I think it's green, Matt. Yeah, I'm like 60 or 70% sure it's green. Do you remember much about the commercial? I mean, I remember it's two kids playing like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Little League Baseball. I remember there's one white kid, one black kid, and the black kid's got the bag of M&M's. And he's the one who says he's got that something about the green. But that's all I got. I wouldn't, if they're going to, if he's going to ask like, you know. What are the name of the kids? Or something like that. So I say we just go with the color. Yep. I'm good with green. green. All right. Checking in with green, and green is the correct answer. So you are getting your points on that one. Now, the harder question What colors make him hit a single, a double, and a triple? And I need them specifically to the um, hits. Okay. The single is brown, the double is. He gives the kid a triple. The double is a yellow and the triple is an orange. Check that in. You're getting your points. That is correct. Oh, are singles, what? yellows are doubles, and the oranges are triples. <laughs> but he, he he asked for the kid asks for a home run. And then he says, I only got one left. I only one me. left. That's for me. Yeah. So yeah. he gives him the triple instead. That is absurd what you just did <laughs> hey there's one more oh jeez. yeah let's go i think i might have to tap out after the last one yeah all right all right and question number three in a 1985 commercial which breakfast cereal told us to go tell your mama what the big boys eat just do it you know you want to I'll take the harder one. He's sitting, right. here, he's sitting here debating me like I'm going to convince him not to. I'm like, whatever. You know you want to. You, he knows that he wouldn't be able to sleep tonight that he didn't try to go for the harder one. So go for it. All right. Um, Max Duggan's going to go for the harder one again. So that means that uh, candy corn is awful. You can talk it out or even try and go for the harder one. Well, we're hoping they wouldn't go for the harder one so that we could maybe make up a point or two here. But we're going to go for the harder one also. Okay. All right. Well, um, in that case, I can tell you that the commercial was to uh, go tell your mama what the big boys eat. And it was Wheaties, crunchy wheat. The harder question, though, for both of you, which Major League Baseball player starred in the sequel to this commercial where he was told to dive on in? In the original commercial, it was jump on in, take a seat. We're going to tell you what the big boys eat. So for the second one, they were told to dive on it. I guess we'll check in. Okay. So Hacksaw Max Duggan has checked in. Candy corn is awful. You talk it out. I was saying to Eric that I remember them doing a rugby version of this. And the dive on in makes sense from that. But why would an MLB player be in that commercial? Unless they just had like a... I remember the I remember that commercial a little bit. I remember it was just like like an eighties guy that had a lot of hair and a mustache. So it could have been like Keith Hernandez or something. I don't know. But uh if he was playing rugby. <laughs> is it uh, the only other thing I thought was is it um well Pete Rose was in the first one. 
So mm -hmm. is Pete Rose also in the second one? So dive on in. So a base dealer. So Ricky or Vince Coleman or, I mean, yeah, Ricky Anderson in 1987 or 86 would have been the Don and the base dealer, obviously, at that time. And then the other thing, the only other name I thought of was Ozzy. But if it's rugby, would Winfield have been around then? He's, I mean, he was a giant. I mean, keeping in mind, though, this is just one of what might have been dozens of these Wheaties ones that I remember in my brain. I don't remember that that was the sequel to it. You know what I mean? I mean, unless you I mean, can think of another Wheaties one, I think. <laughs> The, just I think of this one. I don't. I don't remember Ricky Henderson being in one. Okay. We we'll either go the dive angle and go Ricky, or the '80s mustache hair guy angle and go Keith Hernandez. Well, it, the dive on in makes sense for rugby also because you dive into the yeah end zone and put the ball on the ground. But... All right. You want to go with Keith Hernandez since that was the first thing sure. you popped in your head. All right. Yep. All right. And um, Max Duggan, what'd you say? We weren't, we weren't exactly sure when Pete Rose came up, but, but the combination of the fact that 85 is when he set the hit record, and we didn't know when the sequel was either, but, and the fact that Pete Rose was, like, that was his thing. He would dive into bases, so we just went with Pete Rose. One team's getting their points. The correct answer is Pete Rose. The original one was just generic baseball players. They added Pete Rose to the the sequel commercial, changed the changed the I words a little bit. I um, thought he was in the original. I thought one. he was in the original That's, one. That's why yep. we went right past. It's it. okay. David thought that too, and then yeah. I just said, "Why wouldn't it be Pete Rose?" Yeah, Marcus talked me into it. Yeah, he Thank said you. the exact same thing, and I said, "Well, Pete Rose, yeah, diving, Charlie Hustle, run over guys in the All Star game." I was like, "Why wouldn't it be him?" Yeah. So I talked him into that. You guys, you guys have every right to feel that way because David felt the exact yeah. same. Well, after that halftime round, our scores have changed a little bit. Um, Hacksaw Max Duggan now has 300 points and Candy Corn is Awful is now at 175. And that brings us to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be Flop Turn River. Flop, Turn, and River. For this quarter, there will be three questions consisting of five clues. The first three clues will be given before the teams decide if they want to check in with their guests. The last two clues will be given one at a time, with teams deciding if they want to check in with their guests after each subsequent clue. If a correct answer is checked in after the first three clues, the team will receive 50 points. After the fourth clue, 30. And after the fifth clue, 20. All right, question number one in Flop, Turn, and River. I was born in 1973 in the same state that I would go on to play my college ball. At the time of my birth, 
there was no record of anyone having my first name. I played professionally in the same sport my father played. Well, let's take another then. All right. Max Duggan's going to take another clue. So um, candy cane people, uh, you want to guess it? Now candy corn, candy, candy cane. Switch seasons. There's nothing here that I'm going to lock on to that's going to help me. We'll take another one, Dan. All right. My college team lost the championship game two years in a row to two different colleges just a few miles away from one another. We'll check in. All right. Hacksaw Max Duggan has checked in, and Candy Corn is awful. You can talk it out. All right. So we know it's not football because college didn't have a championship game. And so schools either... a few miles from each other would be back would be UNC Duke, right? Yeah, so Michigan? Michigan lost in 92 to UNC, right? Yes. That was the timeout game. So that's Fat Five. So then you've got Chris. So I think there were probably a few Chris's by 1991. Couple, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Juwan. Juwan Howard. Juwan Rose. Which one do you think is more likely? Did either one of those game? guys' yeah. dads play? <laughs> it's Juwan Howard, right? The fifth clue is going to be that I coach my alma mater right now or something like that. Yeah, I kind of think Juwan is the more unique of the two. And I mean, at this point, we're getting our, our uh, as my dad used to say, our hinder binders beaten. So uh, <laughs> you might as well go for it. Sure. Let's go I'm going to check you. in with Juwan Howard. Max Duggan returns. What did you say? I'm a little bit nervous, but we checked in with Jalen Rose. Right. And 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 solely based on the fact that we know that Jalen Rose's dad, who wasn't involved in his life, was an NBA player. Um, honestly, if I had thought of Jawan Howard, I would have been very hard on that. But like once you said Jalen Rose, I was like, oh yeah, his dad was a was a NBA player. I'm fairly certain. So, anyways, um, it, mostly David, but <laughs> but we we have checked in with Jalen Rose. And it's got to be somebody in the Fab Five because 93 was the timeout game that they lost to Carolina. 92, they lost to Michigan. So, yeah. Duke. Lost to Duke. Sorry, sorry. They lost to Duke. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Well, one team is receiving their points. Unfortunately, Juwan Howard was born in Chicago. Right. Jalen Rose was born in Detroit. And um, there is no record anywhere of the name Jalen as, as a first name. Before Jalen Rose was born, his mother thought that it was a cool name to put together with the two, his uh, grandparents of James and Leonard. Wow. And uh, James would be Jimmy Walker's father, which is his father, his uh, Jalen Rose's father. But the other funny thing about that is there are a ton of Jalen's now. Yes. Right? Now, now, that's the thing is that the name became very popular right around the um, early nineties. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. So, yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've got, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, Jalen hurts, Jalen Waddle. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's become very, very popular. And, uh, the, um, number five was going to be, I was picked number 13 in 1994 by the Denver nuggets before going on to the Pacers, Bulls, Raptors, Knicks, and Suns. 
hundred percent sure there were zero Juwans. There were zero <laughs> Juwans before then. I I I would be willing to bet that that is a fact. Mm, Juana Man was around. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a freaking terrible movie. Sorry. All right. Question number two in Flop Turn and River. I was founded in 1870 as a Methodist Episcopal University, but has been non-sectarian since 1920. Both my football and basketball teams have won national titles, and my basketball facility is named after the star player from our only championship team. My sport with the most success has produced 10 national championships with 21 former players going on to that sports hall of fame. I think we need to take another one. All right. We'll take another one. All right. And candy corn is awful. Candy corn is awful. What did you, what do you want to do? So that school we know has won a basketball. You're pretty sure I'm, they've won a football. I'm like 75% sure. 75% sure that that's the time frame. I'm like, more confident that they did win one period at some point, but I'm not sure when. And we know we're pretty sure that they're a private school. Yeah, they're not a SUNY college, so it would make sense that they all were a private school, which generally is a religious-based school. Episcopalian makes me think East Coast. Remember, the other team way. hasn't checked in yet. Oh, sorry. Yep. Hey, well, you want to just check in? Yep, we're going to check right. in. We'll check in. Okay. And and Hacksaw Max Duggan is going to get the fourth clue, which is one of our traditional football rivalries is Colgate University, even though they haven't won a game against me since 1950. I'm trying to think of who Colgate would play. I mean, it's upstate New York. They would play. They would play Syracuse, but that would be really weird because Colgate would. Well, I mean, wait a minute. Hang on a second. What to say? What no, even, Syracuse football is playing Colgate. I wouldn't think so anymore, but I'm just trying to think. Not anymore. That... Doesn't Colgate play some of the Ivy League schools? Yeah, they probably do. But this is the thing. Okay, so it says traditional football rivalries. It doesn't say it's been going on recently. I mean, Syracuse and Colgate are probably near to each other geographically. Okay. So it's possible that it's Syracuse. But what I'm trying – I mean, Syracuse has won a basketball championship, right? I mean, they won, with, they, they won with Carmelo. Yes. But the arena is not named Carmelo. <laughs> uh, no. It's not called Carmelo Anthony Arena. <laughs> and my basketball facility is named after the star player of our only championship team. So it's not, okay, so so it can't be Syracuse because Syracuse, as far as I know, plays in the Carrier Dome, right? Or no, wait, did that with the basketball? That's the football arena. Right, 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 right. It's the Carrier Dome. So what's the, so 21 Hall of Famers, you think there are 21 that went to Syracuse? Says the team sport with the most success is that could be, see, that could be lacrosse. Right, which is, I figured it was something like lacrosse or freaking water polo or something like that. No, it wouldn't be water polo, not for Syracuse. But no, 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 no. I meant the sport. Oh, you're just saying this. Yes, I was thinking of the sport that's had the most success. It wasn't going to be a major one. Uh, so I think that Syracuse has won more. I, I would not be at all surprised if Syracuse has won 10 national championships. And I have no idea how many of their former players went on to that Sports Hall of Fame. But we know Jim Brown did. They're probably in a whole mess of them. Um, All right. So are you willing to just, I mean, I mean, the only thing that doesn't match up with this is that is the Carmelo Anthony thing, unless they changed it in like the last like five or six years, because that's what's holding it up for me. I feel like I would have, 
remembered hearing if they named it the Carmelo Anthony Arena or the Anthony Center or Anthony Pavilion. <laughs> yeah, the next question is when was Syracuse founded? Because that does that make sense that uh, that they've been founded in? I mean, 1870 makes sounds about right. And, yeah. and, and I, I mean, I, I David, right, I, if you feel pretty good about it, then we can go with it. I'm not. I'm not. Right. I'm just saying. The Carmelo Anthony being named the the uh, of the arena, the star player of the, you know, their only championship team seems like a a big piece of it. So it's up to you. You decide. I, I agree with you. I can't reconcile that piece, but the other pieces all make sense. Okay. I, Do you want to okay. go with it? Yeah, we'll check in Syracuse. All right. And the candy corn is awful, people. What did you uh, say? Yeah, we also checked in with Syracuse. We think. I think that they won their football championship either with Jim Brown in the fifties or just after him or something like that. So the schools I could think of with dominant, like odd sports didn't fit the other clues. So yeah. that's kind of why we went with Syracuse. And lacrosse for the dominant sport doesn't make sense. So we said Syracuse. Well, the last clue was I've produced one NFL number one draft pick and one NBA number one draft pick in 1962 and 1990 respectfully correct answer is syracuse university eric coleman is the 1990 guy so what what what's the name of their basketball arena their arena is what it's always been the carrier dome but the court facility however is the carmelo anthony basketball 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 center facility oh oh yeah that would that would have yeah he probably question he probably gave a lot of money okay good i'm glad i stuck we to apologize that. sorry everybody for wasting yes. your time on that if we, we just sorry we, we pulled the need it's just it's just called the mellow center for short but it's uh, after fab mellow <laughs> <laughs> wrong after- mellow guys you put the wrong silhouette okay moving on to question number three in flop turn and river I was an unofficial sport that was played in the 1904 Olympics in St. Louis. My two major pieces of equipment are called a sleater and a kaman, although the latter is more commonly known as another name. In the movie Blitz, Jason Statham describes me as a cross between hockey and murder. We're going like to check in, yeah. Ben. Candy corn is awful has checked in so hacksaw max duggan you can talk it out it's an unofficial sport or what they sometimes call like demonstration sports a cross between hockey and murder it leads me to something like hurling i almost went to a hurling match when i was in ireland a couple of years ago so what i said <laughs> yeah um i was thinking of highlight but oh. i don't no i don't think so highlight was i mean if anything highlight would have been more popular later yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's just what I thought of off the top of my head because I know people have died playing high lie. It's the other reason I thought it might be hurling is because those just sound like Gaelic words. I, I've got to be completely honest with you. I've never heard of hurling, so if oh. you have a good feeling about it, then oh, what kind of a drunk are you? Yeah, exactly. You drink enough. Good... You drink enough. You heard of hurling. Uh, well, <laughs> they hurling looks like it. It's like they're running around with a ball and it looks like a lacrosse stick, but it's actually just like a paddle and they throw up the ball and they just whack the hell out of it. And it looks absolutely vicious. I, I would not be at all surprised if somebody described it as a cross between hockey. Mer- it's gotta be hurling. Okay. Ooh. All right. Well, okay. Okay. 
We'll check it in. Hurling. All right. Uh, candy corn is awful. What did you say? Yeah, I also kind of picked up that Sliatar was Gaelic-like spelling. And St. Louis has a massive Irish population. Mm. And so all those things. And I went, Irish sport. And Matt said, hurling? And I, that's it. So we checked in with hurling. All right. A lot to unpack here. Um, first of all, if you didn't know this already, the 1904 Olympics in St. Louis were ridiculous. They were crazy. What the stuff was going on there. <laughs> so for a regionalized Irish sport to have been played there. Sure. Sure. It happened. My last two clues were going to be, I am a field sport in which the goal is to score by hitting a ball over a goal crossbar for one point or put it past the goalie below the crossbar into a net for three points. And my bat type implement colloquially is called a hurley, which comes from my name. Correct answer is hurling. Good job for both teams on that one. And I uh, sat down and watched like hurling highlights today. I may have to find a way to watch this sport when it, uh, when it goes into season. Actually, I think it's in season right now. I think, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's violent. These guys, these guys are crazy. Yeah. I mean, I watched a, uh, at a, um, Irish fair in the twin cities years ago, I watched a demonstration of it and they, they have to hit the ball on the fly, like in yeah. the air. Or they, I, I don't know the rules. I wish I knew the rules okay. better, but. So they can't touch the ground, the ball on the ground, unless they pick it up with their Hurley. Yep. Yeah. And so then they, have to, they the... have to, they have to bounce it on the Hurley when they run. Like they, they have to dribble. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. it going up. Yeah. So up and down. Like lacrosse, but without the basket and you have to dribble it on the, on the Hurley. Right. Yeah. And then you can kick it from the ground. Or you can just wail it from the ground. And then what they usually do is they run with it, dribbling it off of their hurley, throw it up in the air, and then just whack it in the air. Yep. It they can like... also use the hurley to tackle each other. Yes. So it's like a cross check yes. in hockey. Yeah. All right. Well, after the third quarter, we have a score of Hacksaw Max Duggan is at 410 points, and Candy Corn is Awful is at 275. And that will bring us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. Today's fourth quarter categories are as follows. All I do is catch touchdowns. And that is in the NFL, a return on investment that is in major league baseball an oligarchy that is in soccer or association football, as it were, and making my case is in the NBA. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in onto the questions, question number one in all I do is catch touchdowns. Of all players in NFL history with 10 or more touchdown receptions, this man has had the highest percentage of touchdown receptions with 10 on only 14 targets. Perhaps his most memorable was in Super Bowl 38. We're going to check in. All right. 
Candy Cane is awful is checked in. Hacksaw Max Duggan, you can talk it out. So, David, like I said, I know I know uh, a 40 Super Bowl 40 was was the Seahawks Super Bowl, but they got robbed. And so 38 would have been Patriots Panthers. Yes, one of the Patriots. Yes, Patriots Panthers sounds right. And um, if I'm not mistaken, they used him in this role quite a few times. Um, I think this is Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no, that that actually sounds right. The only thing is 10 times. I mean, I know they did it a lot and and certainly would make sense that he was not targeted that often. It's like he would be right. He would be lined up as a fullback or something and then just like, you know, break out. And it makes sense, Marcus. I mean, yeah, let's go for it. I I think it is because they had another guy that I think some people, you know, they had Dan Klecko. Yeah. uh, Joe Klecko's son uh, do that as well. But I, I think it's Mike Vrabel. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, we're going to check in with Mike Rabel for 100 points. All right, and candy corn is awful. What did you say? Yeah, I can had a very similar line of thinking. He only caught passes within three to five yards of the end zone, and I'm pretty sure his last one or two came with the Chiefs. So we checked in with Mike ah. Rabel for 69 points. Both teams are receiving their points. Correct answer is Mike Vrabel. And yeah, he lined up at... um tight end almost almost exclusively oh okay and i got that yeah and and if he's running a five yard into the end zone he's not going to get the he's not going to get very many um targets targets unless they're going for the end zone so that's all right let's move on to question number two a return on investment with our memories fresh on the recent Aaron Judge signing, it's fair to question whether the Yankees will see a decent return on investment from such a large player. As a matter of fact, only one player weighing over 270 pounds has hit a home run after the age of 37. Name him. We can check in. All right. Candy Corn is awful is checked in. So Hacksaw Max Duggan, you can talk it out. Bartolo Colon's got to weigh more than that, right? I Bartolo Colon's got to weigh double that. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, how could it not be Bartolo Colon? I mean, he was he, absolutely he, over. He was over thirty-seven. Yeah, he was Wasn't over. He like forty-three. He was over forty. It was like his first career home run, and and he had to have been over two hundred seventy pounds, right? I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's even close. It's it's got to be Bartolo Colon. I, I mean, Bartolo Colon was. I mean, even if they question his age, he think he was supposedly 42, but maybe he was 40. He I think he was, was over 37. I think he was 305.69 pounds. <laughs> but I think. It's got to be. <laughs> got to be. All right. Yeah. Do you want to go with that? Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Do. We're going to check in with Bartolo Colon for 100 points. All right. And candy cane is awful. Candy canes again with the candy canes. <laughs> Christmas. Candy canes <laughs> catching strays tonight. Patrick Patrick Kane is awful. What did you say? <laughs> Oh no! We can all get behind that one. Um, this what in this? I know it's late in the game, but I have to do it. It's a audio medium, but what you're missing here is me deleting this question from my list of trivia questions for my next game. Because I remember the, I heard this earlier this week, and I wrote it down and was like, I'm gonna ask this question, and it is the one and only one time from the big man himself, Bartolo Colon. Yes, both teams are getting their points on this one. Um, yeah, that that that's a crazy stat, by the way. Big sexy. That, that there's only been one person and only one home run that was hit 
after the age of 37 by someone who weighs more than 270 pounds. And it was Bartolo Colon. I would, I would, I would genuinely like to dispute this fact only be because I can't remember when Adam Dunn retired. And if, if he was trying to tell us that he weighed less than 270, I will call you a liar, Adam Dunn. I love you, but I think you're lying. He was a large man. He retired. I think Adam. 35. I was going to say Adam oh, Dunn 35. All right. Adam well, Dunn right. did not. Yeah. Cause I asked a question at one point about Adam Dunn is like, only played 14 years and yet is the is the guy who like the only guy who hit 400 home runs with fewer mm. than 15 years of career or something so because <laughs> yeah. i'm like adam dunn was a big man yeah uh, was right. well, yes. and he was and he was a quarterback so yeah Oof. there we go <laughs> big sexy glad we got big sexy in the game <laughs> all right question number three in an oligarchy with their stunning upset of Portugal last week, the Moroccan national team has become the first African team to advance to the World Cup semifinals and only the second team to make the semis from outside of Europe and South America. Which was the first team to accomplish this feat, losing to Germany in the 2002 semifinals? We are going to check in. All right. Candy Corn is trash rubbish and awful has checked in so hey oh you can uh, go ahead and talk it out uh so spoiler alert we we wagered zero on this i'm i'm certain it's somebody from asia because they made a yeah. big deal about morocco being the first african team. country i don't right. think it's japan but i think it might be south korea okay i'm i mean but, if you have a good feeling on it just go with it because i have nothing else i was like okay right. so it can't it's not an african country I don't think it's uh, anybody in Antarctica. Um, <laughs> well, Australia, but I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. So then, and, and it's not, we know it's not North America. Oh, wait a minute. Europe, Europe and South America. South America. Yeah, what if it's Mexico? I mean. Sure, could be. We, hey, David, we we, we wagered zero points. We should wager so. zero. Okay, we'll so check in. You with, pick your favorite. I, I, have, I have a sneaky suspicion in South Korea, but just for the sport of it, I'll check. We'll check in with Mexico for zero points. All right. And the other team, what, what are you guys called? You're called uh, Candy Corn. That's right. Candy Corn is awful. Candy Corn is awful. If you were a real U.S. fan, you would remember that 2002 was home of the U.S.'s run to the Elite Eight, where they oh. beat Mexico dos a cero and started their very, very long-standing tradition of whooping the crap out of Mexico in important games. That year was the year that it was hosted by the semifinalists, South Korea, for 69 points. One team is getting points. Actually, only one team could have gotten points, but one team got points. Correct answer is South Korea. All right. Finally, question number four in making my case. Of the top 50 NBA scorers of all time, you have to go all the way down to number 49 to find a player who is not either a Naismith Hall of Famer or not yet eligible for the Hall. Name this player who played for these teams. The San Diego Clippers, the Seattle Supersonics, Phoenix Suns, Utah Jazz, Charlotte Hornets, Philadelphia 76ers. We are checking in. Very enthusiastically checking in is um, Duggan. So uh, for the last time, Candy Corn is awful. You can talk it out. 
So somebody who played for both the San Diego Clippers, so their career must have started in the 70s. Right. Then they played into the 90s with the Charlotte Hornets. This is a uh, David question, if there ever was one. David wouldn't have given you the team names. Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) Given you time zones. uh, (laughs) That's true. The quadratic formula would have been in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, some sort of way to tie it to AFI's top 100 movies. It would have been wordplay. (laughs) Do you have any idea? you have any thoughts? All the names that keep popping into my head are too... Recent? When I think of guys who played for both the Suns and Jazz. About Mo Cheeks. Are you serious? Mo Cheeks? We Go can ahead. Give Marcus Mo Cheeks. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give Marcus Mo Cheeks for sixty eight and and we'll owe him one. Max on Max Duggan, what'd you say? Oh baby. As, as soon as this uh question was posted in the chat, there was the same name with one question mark from both guys at the exact same time. He he's a white. He was a high flying white, and seriously should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, scored a bunch of points uh, everywhere he was at, and one of my favorite players, like older players. Uh, we have checked in with Tom Chambers for forty points. One team is getting their points. Correct answer there is. Tom Chambers. And yes, I agree. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He has the stats to back it up. I honestly, I don't he know. He has why. the stats. He's a multiple time All Star. Like, what are we talking about? Right. Yeah, he was an All Star like, like six times, wasn't he? Uh, let's see. He was a four time All Star. He was the 87 All uh, Star Game MVP. He's a two time All NBA second team. The game has come to an end, and here are the final scores Candy Corn is awful. Finishes with a respectful, respectable, and respectful. I respect it. 414 points. But our clipboard captains of the day who are receiving the Gary Kubiak Award, Hacksaw Max Duggan. So normally I would pass this over to our guest to have a couple words before they leave. But we were told that we were going to get an actual rant from Marcus today about the new um, NBA awards. So we're going to let Marcus go on ahead because we know that's what we've all been waiting for. Dan, do you have any words before I go? Well, the first, the only one I had was what in the world are they doing giving the Mikan award to the most improved? He led the league in scoring for his first three seasons in the league. So most improved from where? Maybe it's it's that the league has improved a lot since George Mikan played. So it's a... <laughs> It's he's kind of the figurehead here. Here's my, here's my issue. Number one, nobody asked for this. (laughs) Nobody asked for this. Not a person was going, you know, we need to change the trophies. What's up, Eric Walling. Uh, I'd like to say there is one person who repeatedly asked for this and is probably throwing his arm out, patting himself on the back at the ringer. Bill Simmons has been talking about this for ages and he is going to be, slobbing his own self and insufferable about. oh so just like a normal tuesday yeah, all right yeah, yeah. so anyways worse than usual. Here, here's the deal um number one the most improved player if he is a top 10 player in the league doesn't deserve it 
Like Ja Morant last year won most improved. No, he does not deserve most improved. He was a top draft pick. Stop it. You know what he did? He did the right thing. He gave it to his teammate, Desmond Bain, who was a second round pick who turned out, turns out is their second best player. That's who deserves the award. A person who actually improved from obscurity to being a good NBA player. Number two. Um, Hey, Adam Silver, instead of changing a bunch of awards, how about you give us our fucking team back? You coward. You had an opportunity. You had an opportunity. You said, oh, we're going to host a, a preseason game in Seattle. Uh, for what? Who knows? I don't know. All I know is, is Seattle's collective is still raw from the pounding that you and the NBA gave us when you stole our team from us. So give us our team back. Nobody gives a shit about the awards. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. All right. So on behalf of Eric the Elder, Matt, Marcus, and David, and myself, I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. And sorry about all that swearing. Do math. Don't do math. <laughs> do math. math. No. <laughs> do math. Math. Ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.